Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS, Sam and I have been married for almost nine years and have two beautiful kiddos. We do, we do. And today we are back. We are going to be responding or reviewing the second episode of the Happy, shiny, shiny, happy people. Shiny, happy people. <laughs> See if I can get that right. Following the Duggar family. Yes. Whoa. Okay. So <laughs> this is just episode lot. two. Like every time we think, okay, maybe we can watch like a couple episodes and reviewed more at a time. And we just can't. There's like so much information every single episode. We thought there was a lot in the first episode, but the second one, I mean, it's... It's a lot. So this might be a little bit longer of a video this time, trying to cover all of these points that we found very interesting. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. But we will get into it, and I'm just going to kind of follow how it went in the episode. So they kind of jumped around a little bit, but we'll just try to stay with, stay with them. Yeah. yeah, with how they went. So at the end of the last episode, it was talking about Josh Duggar, and it did pick up right back. With him talking about um, how he had molested multiple girls. They don't really talk about the other girls. They just talk about the fact that some of them were his sisters. Um, it was crazy to me that the cop, they talked about in episode one, that the cop, you know, just said, oh, don't let it happen again. Just kind of let it slide. Mm -hmm. um, and they thought it was because it, he was a friend of Jim Bob's. That's what it said. But when this all came out, that cop was in prison for 56 years. 56 years. For child pornography. So obviously he had huge issues His himself and then let this and let Josh go free without any, you know, repercussion at all because he was in the same type of thing. I mean, it, oh, just, oh. it's just sickening that um, so many people were involved and, and kind of brushed it under the rug. Yeah, um, obviously his parents at that time were claiming that, you know, he'd already gone to the Institute and been rehabilitated. Um, the first episode, the other parents were like, we don't think that's a thing that could even happen. Like, it was such a short stint there, and they brought him back for PR reasons, but that's what they said. Then the sisters had an interview with Megan Kelly, um, which they go over again at the end, but really, they didn't have a choice. Like, they were trying to stand up for their brothers. They, Their family was all trying to continue to get the show on. They talked a lot about how their dad really wanted the money from the show. They wanted the show to continue to be successful. They are doing everything possible. And so the girls in the show are saying that they had the choice. But do they really have the choice when their entire lives they've been told to obey their parents and this is something their parents need from them to try to make the family look better? Yeah, and they even, they even said, the sisters, that there were two sisters that said that they had been in some way molested by Josh um, and it sounded like in that they didn't really know that it had happened until he came out later and said something about it who knows all the details it doesn't really give all the details with that yeah but the two sisters that uh, were on the interview they yeah they said that we felt like it was our duty like we had to protect our family yeah which yeah it's just so sad um, so everyone, they even said it on the internet, people are like, oh, he made a mistake when he was younger, um, this and that, kind of making excuses. Then it comes out that he's on Ashley Madison, because it's still coming out after he is married. He has at least one baby at that point, right? So he's already married with kids, and everyone's trying to say, oh, this was just a stupid mistake when he was younger. Then the Ashley Madison link comes out, he's on there, find out that he's been having sex with porn stars while his wife was pregnant. 
this is like way bigger of an issue than some teenage boy making whatever mistakes. Like, yeah. it was so much more. It showed that it was a pattern. He was never rehabilitated. His no. parents never gave him the chance. And sweeping it under the rug is now showing that very ineffective. Very ineffective. And when the parents were asked, you know, do you feel like he was, do you feel like he was changed? Do you feel like he was, was a better person? And they said, hey, of course, the Institute fixed him. The, he, he, was, he was fine after that. So we welcomed him back into the family. And the part that gave me, like, bad icks, I don't know, maybe icks is the right word, but was the mom saying, you know, they're like, hey, did you talk to Josh? And she said, I don't need to talk to Josh, I need to talk to Heavenly Father. And that just struck a chord with me because somebody needed to talk, he needed to be able to actually have a chance of moving forward without these problems. Like, as a 13-year-old boy, if they'd actually, if they'd gone to a cop who had punished him properly or been able to actually re rehabilitate him or, like, help him, just help him, right? It's not even, like, punishment, punishment. He needed to be punished for his crimes. But how is he supposed to grow up into a man who's not going to do things like that if there isn't any repercussion? Exactly. Right? And so then to say, we don't need to talk to him. We just need to pray for him. That just, ugh. You know, unfortunately, that is a mentality in a lot of belief systems. Is you know, it's it's not about the person here. It's about what Heavenly Father wants, and He will guide us. But there are instances where it needs to be taken care of, and there are right ways to go about doing that. And that, in some cases, is either I mean, turning him to the, turning him to the authorities, whatever the punishment might be. But he needs to. He needs to be shown that it's not okay. You can't just live this way and get away with it. Yeah, so it was, that was hard to see. Um, then they had a lot of ex-members of the IBLP mm. that were talking a lot about the religion, which of course is the most intriguing part to us. <laughs> um, right. Talking about the homeschooling situation. I know we had touched on that a little bit in our last episode, yeah. about the fact that Sam was homeschooled, I was homeschooled. Um, and just talking about the fact that like the homeschool curriculum was very, very short or like just very condensed. And even though they tried to claim that it would be the equivalent of a high school diploma, but it was very, very small, right. very condensed. And that's kind of how it was for you too, right? Like everything was more on the religious aspect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there were, I mean, they were showing us some of the pages and that on this documentary and it was all religious based. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of what they focused on is the importance of religion behind every topic. And the only thing that a woman needs to know is some some fractions that are necessary for cooking in the kitchen. That type of mentality, right? That it's just about, you know, putting people in their place and learning only what you need to know in order to survive uh, in, the, in the situation, in that religious situation. And that's how your homeschool experience was. Definitely, yeah. That's exactly what it was. I mean, there were... There were, you know, regular history topics and things that were brought up, but always looped back around and in some way intertwined with religion. Yeah, I lucked out. My homeschool curriculum was way more well-rounded. While everything did have, like, Christian values entangled in it, I still had, like, the broad range of science and history and deep math and algebra and, like, like... All of the like all the subjects. I didn't stop at fractions. I didn't stop at a third grade education. 
I went into high school really excelling, so I knew, like, my mom did a really good job of making sure that we, like, excelled in, um, in our education, um, rather than this, like, okay, we're going to try to hold the women back. It was very much like an accelerant so that when I went into public school, I was very much ahead. Right. But and I you, got super lucky. And you did <laughs> high school in a public school. So you, you weren't, you, uh, in this case, this curriculum was to take place of high school. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's a huge difference. It's a difference there for sure. And in the FLDS, you didn't go to high school or get in high school <laughs> education. It was like, what, up to fourth, fifth grade? Yeah. It just depended on the family and the current situation, how quickly we were able to get out the door and go to work, that type of thing. But, but it was not very strict. It was very much, you know, this is the homeschooling curriculum we have and they I do feel like my parents given the situation they were put in tried their best in education I do I do feel that way both my mother and my father both uh, talked to me about the importance that they felt education was but they were only given so much based on the religious uh, background they were brought up in yeah and um, they were talking about the only things that they were allowed to watch were um, the IBLP approved shows mm. And which was, yeah, that just kind of made me chuckle because that's the same thing. Like sick. even music, when they said like no, even Christian rock wasn't yeah, the allowed. Rock bands were very. What did they, What was the word they used? They used a specific word to try to describe these. But in in my case, it was the Gentile music, and we were not allowed to listen to the Gentile music because it was all bad. Well, they always put the emphasis on Satan, right? That That's it was going to let mm -hmm. Satan in, and that was Satan's music. And the rock beat in rock music was of Satan. Yeah. Um, even in Christian rock, it was still from Satan. And so they they definitely put a lot of fear about that. Um, they said that like it wasn't a religion itself, but that it was, they were supposed to spread it into their religions. Right. It was more was of really an idea. Yeah. So of all of idea. these rules and stuff like. You could have a family that followed IBL, IBLP rules in any religion, really, mm -hmm. because that was just them taking those certain Christian things that um, that Gothard was teaching and bringing it in, and they were supposed to kind of like, it sounded like they were trying to like infiltrate all the Christian churches. In a way, and it was also a lot of how you were supposed to act in the home, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I mean, I don't know how much these people brought the idea into their own churches or if they just kind of lived that way in their own home but it definitely was very different from what you would typically hear from a, 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 another Christian denomination. Yeah, because Gothard wasn't a pastor. No. He was not a pastor. Um, he, yeah, but he got such huge followings and that's the thing is they may have like had it in their home but they were obviously spreading the word because it was growing so right. quickly and there were yeah. so many people that were still going to the seminars and doing all of those things. And they kind of talked about the fact that Gothard, he wasn't a pastor, but he was playing on people's emotions of like the good old days. Um, like looking back into like the 50s. And that's kind of what the idea was. Like um, the umbrella of authority. You know, Christ, oh. husband, wife. Well, <sighs> yes, there was that. And then they also mentioned that it was the, the wife and children. And then the husband, and then the pastor, and then Gothard, and then Jesus. <laughs> so he was even above the he was even above the pastors. He was right next to, to Jesus, supposedly talking with him and all that. So yeah, but even the, in the textbooks, it was still like 
Yeah. God, husband, wife, children, and the umbrellas. Everybody that was an ex-member of that that was on there, like even the Duggar girl herself, like everybody mentioned the umbrella of authority, the umbrella of authority. Yeah. And I think that's really similar in both of our growing up. More extreme for me, of course. No, it was very, there were a lot of things in this that uh, just were so similar to the way I was raised. Uh, I mean, there were some differences, of course, but as far as, far as just the, the authority and the, the husband is in charge and the wife and children just listen and obey and, in my case, keep sweet no matter what. In their case, obey immediately or instantly, something like that. Yeah, so, obey immediately, so I think. very similar, different wording, but very, very similar idea. Yeah, it's still, even for us, like when we first got married, I remember like our covenants that we made, you know, I had to covenant to obey Sam as, as he obeyed father. And that's the wording, yeah. yeah, or God, you know, Heavenly Father. So we also had that even getting married in 2014 we were still subject to those same type of umbrella rules. We were still living that until recently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was crazy to see how similar that was between all of them. Um, going back to the, like, them saying the good old days, it was a huge wave, they said, of homeschooling. That's when the homeschooling really, like, took off. And, um, like, in 1984, people were wanting to look back and kind of just get rid of everything that was going on in the schools and people just believing that the school systems were just going out of control. I still feel like that's like a really common theme it in is. a lot of yeah. Christianity, right? Like the schools have been the worst forever. <laughs> yeah, well, was there a time when the schools were good? I don't know. It depends who you ask. There are definitely those families that will say the schools are, are teaching incorrect principles they're taking worldliness taking they're taking religion out of them so therefore it's bad and they're teaching all these false things which you know maybe there are some schools that are i mean i I'm, i can't i can't stand up for every single school and say that they're teaching the perfect principles and, and everything the way they should i don't know and that's so relative anyway because if you're going to try to create an entire school system around religious beliefs like there's no way you could have a community school because everybody's beliefs are different. You True. could never make everybody perfectly happy with a perfect curriculum. Right. They tried with this one. <laughs> I was just going to say that one, but they tried. They tried. Um, they said that the curriculum was based on the Sermon on the Mount, and they tried to incorporate every single um, subject all into that, and they had what was called wisdom booklets, which honestly gave me a little bit of flashbacks because when they were talking about the wisdom booklets and they were saying that there was something on like every single topic I had for the strength of youth and there was a section on like every single topic language TV music dating um, kissing I mean there was something a little bit of something on everything that gave specific rules of how you should behave for all of those things. For the youth up to 18 years old, right? Yep. So similar age range. Yeah, and there was, um, yeah, so for strength of youth pamphlets, it, it sounded really, really similar. Um, and then they talked about, for this, that then they had the Advanced Training Institute. 
and that was their homeschool, like where you would go to conferences. Right, and that was, was that only, that was for adults as well though. It looked right. like it was like for the whole family, but I think they were talking specifically about the youth. I think that's going to be coming in the next episode because they kind of teased it at the end okay. of what the youth would go through when they went. Um, so I'll kind of save any ideas of youth camps and conferences because I definitely had those growing up. So we'll see yeah. how those compare. It's interesting. I had the devotionals it was what I was raised on and that was given through the prophets. Uh, in my case, it was Rulin and Warren Jeffs, and there were devotionals that they would give and teachings that we were given the, the pamphlets, I guess you could say, or the, the papers with everything written out, how it uh, kind of the way that they're giving them revelations now in the FLDS church. In today's, they, they call them revelations now, but in my day, it was a devotional. So it's very similar, though, very, this is exactly how you should live, and this is exactly how you should do everything. and. So. And then the FLDS for the women, um, my sister-in-law shared with me too, they had homemaker packets that they had to learn all about how to be a wife and a mother oh, yeah. and very specific instruction for that as well. Yeah. They talked about that um, science you know, only backs what scriptures say, that the Duggars, there was like a clip of the Duggars saying that um, evolution's not a thing and but that science backs, or yeah, science backs what scripture says. And they said fossils all came from the flood. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was totally taught that. I was taught that, like, that's why there's dinosaur fossils all over the world. Because when the flood happened, um, the earth shifted, and then, like, the fossils ended up on all the different continents and everywhere. And, like, everything kind of got mixed up, basically. Just got kind of shuffled up in the flood. And I had even been told before, and this isn't church doctrine, so I'm not trying to say this is what the LDS like teaches over the pulpit, because growing I don't remember them ever talking about scientific stuff in church, honestly, other than just the fact that sometimes God's laws are later proven through science. So I think that was mentioned, but like they didn't talk about specific things or anything like that. But at home, like I had heard from other people and things that you know, dinosaurs went extinct because they couldn't fit on the ark. I mean... They drowned. If you just base off logic, right? The dinosaurs were too big. Sorry. Can't Sorry. Go. And then when they <laughs> died, then they got spread out in the waters, and that's where all their fossils And other people were. will claim, no, they just allowed the baby dinosaurs on, right? And think, like everyone will come up with different opinions to try to make things work, but... Yeah, that one made me... But I was like, oh, I know about that. Um, they had their own board games. Um, they were not allowed to watch, like, they weren't allowed to play the game of life, which I thought was hilarious. Hmm. Um, along with the what to wear, watch, listen to, which we kind of already talked about. No Winnie the Pooh, which mostly just broke my heart. I was like, no Winnie the Pooh because they said it glorified depression. Because of Eeyore. Because of Eeyore. <laughs> and then they took away everything Disney. Yeah. Uh, so no Barbie. Yeah. Okay, the Cabbage Patch doll thing, though, that was, like, that weirding was me out. I had never... I had heard yeah. something weird about certain families not doing Cabbage Patch dolls, and I couldn't remember the reasons, because that was, like, kind of before... I might have had one that my mom had or something like that, but, like, before my time. But mm -hmm. the Cabbage Patch, they said that the CEO or the owner of the company would go and do witchcraft, and that he would incurse all of the... 
uh, Cabbage Patch dolls with demons. So then that would go into your home and curse your home with and demons. And curse your home with demons. Yeah, and it showed like a, a signature imprinted on the on the doll. I don't know if that was the signature curse or what. I don't know, but they did zoom oh, in on one of the goodness. dolls with that with that writing. Yeah, I think so. it just wrote Cabbage Patch, didn't it? Probably. Anyway, Probably. yeah, so very extreme views on the way that evil could get into your home. Like if Winnie the Pooh and Cabbage Patch dolls are like your biggest fear in this crazy world as crazy as it can be, then I'm like, you're grasping at like the wrong things. Like there are actual real problems in our world that are like way beyond Winnie the Pooh and Cabbage Patch dolls. Like let's let's focus to like making sure our like sons don't molest our daughters, you know? Yeah. Like at a basic level. Like let's let's go for the the good old basics here. But they would use these different things, these very, what most people would consider innocent, and switch it in a way that would make it seem like it is because our boys and men are seeing these things that they are molesting the girls because they are being tempted by by uh, by shorter skirts or whatever, whatever it was, they would switch it and make it seem like almost anything in this world was evil and tempting the man to do evil and bad things. And that leads right into the next thing of the fact that they were talking about how um, their count, you know, we want everything to be, we want our countenance to be noticed. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing, you know. Um, there's a hymn about that. Oh, no, it's not a hymn. Have you received him in your countenance? It's a, it's a church song. It's a church song, But I, I don't remember all the words, but I do, re I do remember that. His okay. image in your countenance. Count, yeah. Have you... Beautiful. Well done. <laughs> well, well Yeah, sung. I'm not a singer, but... Yeah, oh my gosh, sorry. That was like a quick flashback in real time. Um, yeah, that was something we were also So taught. there were songs in our religions as well that were, that were talking about that. Talking exactly. about the countenance. Yeah. Um, well, and it was obviously taught in both, more extreme in mine, but in yours as well, that uh, modesty and the way you dress is very important. And, and if you don't dress modesty, you're tempting the boys. Like that was taught for you as well, right? 100%. 100%. It was our responsibility to make sure that the boys were not tempted. It was our job to draw lines if they... Tried. We were, I feel like while growing up, the purity culture that I grew up with was that it was our job to keep boys in check like every step of the way. You know, like it was our job not to dress certain ways so that we wouldn't tempt them. It was almost assumed that like a guy was going to try to go too far. So you needed to always be ready to stop them. Uh, it was always your job as a girl to draw the lines all the time. And... Yeah, like it was the same thing with the Duggars, yeah. right? Like, and we were and we were taught as boys in these extreme religious backgrounds that we had. Uh, we were taught that the lusting after girls and, and looking at girls, and that was was bad too. So we were also taught that we couldn't look at a girl. And yeah. in my case, I mean, the, they were they were wearing practically gunny sacks to to, <laughs> to, make, to make them not look attractive. That was kind of the whole idea, but. Uh, even then, we were told, don't look. Because, I mean, in my case, marriages were all arranged and all of that. So we weren't even allowed to consider dating or, or looking at a girl. Yeah, modesty and the eldest. I mean, I remember it kind of shying away because I remember there was a point where they talked about, like in the 90s too, where, you know, not even to have your shirt be tight. So, mm -hmm. like, then when 
camisoles, like when you would wear like a tank top under other shirts, but then like Abercrombie and Fitch and those oh, yeah. like tight shirts. I remember being oh, like form -fitting. Oh, the form fitting, the super tight shirts. Yeah. Um, and they were t-shirts that covered our shoulders, right? But it was like, you're on the edge because those are a little tight. And then they kind of stopped talking about that. Thank goodness. But um, it was definitely, yeah, very, very strict modesty here in the Duggars or in the IBLF. I always... IBLP. IBLP. It's, I still it's, can't it's get tough the acronym. To, it's tough to re remember all the different acronyms in that. Yes. The LDS acronyms I got down. I know we have a million of them too, uh, we, so I'm sorry for everybody that hears ours and thinks, I can't keep track of those. That's how I feel with the Duggars. Yeah. But um, the shorter the skirt, the stronger the eye traps. So they kept calling them eye traps, you know. And, and we were, they weren't talking about like mini skirts. They were talking about shirts, shirt, uh, skirts that come up mid-calf. That yeah, was, like if a slit went up to your mid-calf. That was an eye trap. And then when they said that they were showing them like, okay, circle the eye trap, like, oh, this woman's wearing lace, so that's the immodest part, or this has a slit up to her calf, so that's the immodest part. And they're like teaching. This is in school. This is, this is this part, is the of, the part curriculum. of the homeschool curriculum, yeah. right? They're teaching them to like learn to be judgmental, right? One, because here's the thing. When it comes to judgment, I think it's easy for any religion to say, we don't teach judgment. Like, we believe in loving everyone, right? That's a lot of times copped out with that. Believe in loving everyone. We wouldn't judge someone. But if you teach youth their entire lives that this way of dressing is an eye trap, this is bad, this is evil for you to do, why on earth would they expect us to look at other people any other way? If you're telling me that it's evil for me to wear short shorts and a tank top, like how I grew up, like that's bad. Maybe else. not evil. I don't think we'd really use the word evil, but like that's bad. That's immodest. That's a way of showing that you don't care about your body, that you don't respect yourself. Um, it's going to make boys want to do bad things to you. All those type of things. How are we not going to project that, that, oh, if that girl's wearing short shorts and a tank top, that means all the same things about her. She must not care about herself. She must not care about her body. She doesn't respect herself. She's probably sleeping around. You can't distinguish. You can't teach one thing and then be like, but I still love them. No, you're still judging them, most definitely. Yeah. And in this religion, or not religion, in the institute, it was a lot more clear cut that they were very much teaching judgment oh, and shaming 100 percent, 100 percent. and i feel like all of the extreme religions te teach that it's important to judge really because you, you have to judge yourself so of course if you're judging yourself you're going to judge others that's just the way it goes and yeah and honestly the i believe that people that are this strict about every little detail cause way more harm than they do good because if you tell someone not to think about something you know, you, you're the one that put it in your in their mind to begin with in, in a lot of cases. I mean, I've been to other cultures where certain things weren't as, as big of a deal as they are here where we live. And at first it was like, whoa, I can't believe I'm even seeing this right now. But after you uh, live there for a while, those things don't become a big deal anymore. You just kind of, whatever, this is normal, this is life. And it's not like it's a, a bad thing anymore. It just is normal. And, you know, so I think that in some cases, this happens in extreme religions where they make things that aren't a big deal a big deal, therefore bad, and therefore people do uh, cross those lines and, and do bad things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and they even talked about the fact that like 
a lot of these things were grooming perfect victims and that by teaching that the guys are always watch watching and that they have eye traps and that you are one eye trap like how dare you exist how dare right <laughs> or i mean in my church it had been quoted like general authorities had said that if you show your shoulders that you become pornography okay that was in a general conference over the pulpit and that's very disappointing because yeah you're teaching girls that they are that and then when things happen or they become victims they internalize that and think that they aren't victims that they deserved it or that um yeah you're victim blaming basically and it's just so frustrating and then on top of that and they talked about this later but that all of the authority the whole idea that you are constantly supposed to be obedient 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 constantly just listening to authority then when bad things happen to victims they also are not going to talk about it because if their authority figure is the one that's doing it to them if it's their church leader if it's a family member if it is a man period sometimes then they're going to just accept it as how it has to be because they've had to be obedient about it their entire lives right. they're going to convince themselves i saw this where i grew up the women are going to convince themselves that it's okay they will tell themselves enough times that it's okay that, that they start believing it themselves and or they're just afraid that if they do speak up that they will just be chastised or sent away or punished or, or punished in some way or even worse they a lot oh man fear is a real thing in these types of groups they they, they live on fear it's all about fear really and that's the way they're taught is if you do this if you do this one thing, you're going to hell. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. And it's just a lot of fear of uh, the, what's to come after this life. Yeah. And in the Duggars situation, it wasn't any different. Like hell was very vivid, they said. A lot of fear of destruction. Um, I really liked what one ex-member of this group had said. And she said, self-examination makes it impossible to challenge the system. Meaning that if you are constantly worried about being perfect, and because you can never be perfect, <laughs> um, you're constantly self-examining. You know, again, growing up how I did, like, okay, am I being modest enough? Or if somebody makes a comment about my body, that's my fault. Maybe I wasn't modest enough. Or this or that. Like, all those things, if you're constantly thinking of how you can do better, because nobody's perfect, so it's going to happen and you're constantly reflecting on yourself, you don't have a chance or the energy to take a step back and be like, maybe I'm not the problem here. Maybe there's a bigger problem. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was really... That they don't have thought. time to even consider that the institution or the church isn't good because they're focusing so much on themselves. On themselves needing to be better. Needing to be better and that they're not good enough, right? Yeah. Made perfect sense to me too. Yeah, they touch on spiritual gifts. Um, I did think it was interesting that they classified these spiritual gifts into like two categories, right? There was a prophet or a mercy. Hmm. And magically, somehow, the men ended up being prophets and leaders, and the girls ended up being mercies and followers and people who Mercies in the sense that they could take on all the burdens. burdens. That they, they were blessed with a gift to take on all the burdens of those around them and, and be the support for them. That you was know, like FLDS, like 
so much. When I heard oh, it, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what my sister-in-laws describe. This is exactly what Warren Jeff's revelations preach to the max, that it's constantly that the women. goes to show the manipulation and the way they're, way they're able to use these words to, to make it seem like it's a blessing. Instead of being straightforward and saying, hey, we expect you to do everything and to take and just be in charge of any of the problems, just fix it. And if anyone needs something, they can go to you, you take care of it. We're going to go do what we want to do. You just take care of the rest. Instead of saying that, they say, you've been blessed. What a blessing it is to be able to take on the burden of those around you and to help them. You know, sorry, I started talking. I started voice. talking in the voice, not but, the voice. But anyway, that's that's just kind of the way that it, it seems to come across in the end. It's just, uh, they, they make it seem like a blessing, but really it's a curse. Yeah, there's so much more that can be said about that. I know. But we don't have a million hours to talk about the um, patriarchy. That's... We don't have enough time in the whole world, <laughs> so we'll just move on. But, um, oh, but I was going to say with spiritual gifts, they had very specific. Um, growing up the LDS church, we were definitely taught that we had spiritual gifts. But there was much more broad range of, like, anything could be your spiritual gift. It could be power of music, if you could play music well, being able to touch people. But just like in here, they talked about spiritual gifts were always used for ministering. And I would say that was the same in the LDS where whatever your spiritual gift was, was whatever you could use, the talents in your life that helped you minister the gospel. To help spread, to God, help spread God's the church. word in the church. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, that even um, like my brothers, they both served um, missions, foreign missions, and they spoke the languages really well. And people would be like, oh, what a spiritual gift to be able to like pick up languages, very hard languages easily. Um, they would call a spiritual gift. It wasn't even just them being able to learn it very well. It was a gift. Um, yeah, and I feel like that was pretty common. Yeah, was I mean, that common I, in the FLDS? Did they talk about spiritual gifts a lot? Yeah, I mean it was it was brought up, but it wasn't. <laughs> we we were. <laughs> he chuckles when he wants to when he gets really uncomfortable. Like when it's about to be something that you're like, this isn't well, funny. I, I don't know how chuckles, to I don't know how so. to say it. Yeah, it's not funny. <clears throat> it's not funny. It's that. Really, there wasn't an opportunity to show your gift in the FLDS church. You were supposed to do what you were told, right? Your gift was obedience, period. Everyone's gift was the same. Everyone's gift was obedience, and that was that. So that's why I chuckled in, not, not in a funny way, but that's just... Discomfort. Discomfort. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know if, you know, the idea of spiritual gifts is, is such a bad thing. I mean, that's... that The, the idea of you are... are blessed with certain abilities in this earth, that's that's great. And I believe that people are, right? Yeah. People definitely have certain gifts. But but institutions or churches sometimes will take that and, and twist it in a way that makes it seem like you are given that gift for this in one service purpose. Of that organization. For this one organization, this one church, this one thing, instead of just saying, wow, what a talent, how amazing you're blessing the world with that gift. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, babe. Mm -hmm. Um... The last part, which is so hard for me to talk about because it makes me sick, um, physical abuse, particularly children, um, talking about spanking was a really big deal. I thought it was interesting that they they mentioned another name, and I should have written it down, but like it wasn't Gothard himself. Like He also Talk talked about it, but it was from another guy specifically, this one guy's book. And this other guy that the, all these same people from the Institute all of a followed this other guy who t 
taught about spanking. So I guess the, I guess it would have been a guest speaker uh, for the institute of some sort, or maybe one of the leaders. But it didn't. I don't remember the name of the person. Yeah, it was from a book, but you know, spanking until they stop crying, which is just absurd. Um, they said that the Duggars called beating encouragement. Oh, I thought, I'm sorry, I thought you were referring to the person that, that was showing how to spank a child on No, stage. I think that was Gothard. Was that Gothard doing it? Or I, th I thought it was another man. But I don't know. But either way, it was the same institution. Yeah, and it was very clear that, like, everybody was, in the institute, was also following these other practices about spanking, which is kind of the point. But they... They were talking about like the Duggars called beating, they called it encouragement. Like, do you need some encouragement? Do you need encouragement? Um, the worst, like, oh, again, I have a hard time. When people can hurt children, it like really, really gets to me. So, especially babies. Um, oh, I can't even, like, it's like tears of rage and sadness. Yeah, but like, blanket time, oh. saying that they were like, Hitting babies for reaching after toys. To try to, what was the, what did they say? To, to take away their their evil will or something that yeah, they were born with. The natural like will that they're born with, the evil will of them. And to say that a baby has anything evil inside their body at all makes me know that those people are evil. Like yeah. anyone who thinks that there can be an evil bone in a baby's body and try to punish them for grabbing after a toy. Um, and then, yeah, they would smack them. And even the Duggar mom herself, they were saying in her book, was talking about how she'd have the kids pick out a toy. Pick out a toy and she would tell them not to touch it. put it just out of your reach. And when you try to get this toy that you just chose and picked out, I'm going to smack you for it. Like it just Over and over and over and over. As a sense. baby. As a baby. The one woman... Who was, she was talking on the stage and she was like, my child just wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. I was expecting her to say that this was like a 13 year old. That's what I was expecting. My child will not listen, will not listen. And when she said her baby was 14 months old. Yeah. Yeah. I could beat that woman. Okay, not really. But like, I don't know, maybe. But like anybody who hurts children and babies who do not know better, just to me, that is evil pure evil and I just can't again tears and rage and I really can't be on this topic much longer because it's just so it's hard to even I mean, we can't fathom it we, we have no idea how a parent could go through with something like that so to even talk about it is infuriating and hard <sighs> anyway the last um the last little bit was talking about a woman who was just kind of encompassing all of this, talking about how she got married. She believed that some, you know, God was going to send her a man in her life, so she got married very young, um, which I feel like happens a lot. And then he was abusive to her. Um, I had never heard before about the idea of spanking being um, part of punishment from your husband. Right, so... Oh, man. So basically calling abuse, again, blaming the woman, right? Like, oh, no, she's just being disciplined by being beat. Oh, and she would be, they would spank their, it sounds weird. They would punish, abuse, abuse yeah. uh, uh, punish their wives for things like not referring to him as, or saying things like, yes, sir. Or what was the other one? My or lord. My lord. My lord. Or not, not referring to him by in the right terms or whatever. It would be I, enough for punishment. 
And she said corner time, like a grown woman being sent to the corner. And then she said there were certain rules of whether or not she had to have sex with him afterwards as part of a like reconciliation of it, which would basically be rape at that point. If someone abuses you, beats you, and then says, now you have to sleep with me. If they feel like it, like, uh, you know, depending on what the, whatever husband, the husband, whatever the husband wants, whatever the husband wants, they, they need to decide, okay, I'm ready to forgive you. Now I'm going to force you to have sex with me. Like, it, yeah, what? Like, it's just, yikes. I, I don't. Yeah. So that was, I've never heard of that. The idea of a wife being punished like a child. Um, Obviously, I hope that this woman got out. It seems like she, seems did, like she did since they have blurred out her husband's picture. I think we might hear more about it in the following episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but just heartbreaking. And again, she was talking about the fact that it goes back to that grooming of victims. Like if you believe, if you've been told your whole life that your whole purpose is to be submissive to your husband. And thank goodness I didn't see it go to that level. My personal experience in the LDS. Um, I didn't see it go to that level where like women felt like they had to be beat in order to, you know, submit to their husbands. Thank goodness. I didn't personally see that. Not saying no. it doesn't happen, but the FLDS in particular, it happens a lot where there's abuse because of this authority, abuse of authority. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and not to try and, um, I don't know. Not to try to defend the Institute by any means, but out of curiosity, was this punishing of wives and that was something that was taught? Or was that just this one guy did this? I don't Because we have, know. we have to be fair, right? We, yeah, we, nope, that is fair. I don't remember them saying, so the spanking definitely was taught. Um, she said that if you read the material, there was no age limit. Obviously, that's going to be interpreted by family. Right. So, I think there's wiggle room. I wouldn't say that they necessarily... It didn't make it sound like the Institute was over the pulpit saying, like, also, you can do this to your wives. So, that is a valid because point. Every family is going to be different. Right. Well, not only family, but there are just some very abusive men out there in every walk of life, religion, and belief. So, it, you know, if this one um, woman is saying this happened to her, I don't remember her saying that everything that happened to her was taught in the institution... So that's where we have to say, well, maybe some of it was just, it was a bad guy. Yeah, definitely. I think she was just saying that like, overall, she had been very well groomed because right. of her beliefs and believing that she was supposed to be just completely submissive all the time. Her entire life yep. led up to her allowing abuse, I guess. Oh, yeah. And again, you don't want to blame her. Like she's the victim, but her circumstances, the way she had been taught definitely played a part played a part in her being the perfect victim yeah definitely that, that's for sure is because of her upbringing or in the institute whatever she was not equipped to know how to deal with that situation that's 100%. for sure that's yeah. for sure anyway i know this is a long one but so much to unpack in episode two yeah. holy cow um we will be back at it with episode three and four, if they keep going like this, we'll definitely need a separate episode for three and an episode for four. Um, yeah. But yeah, stay tuned for those. And hopefully at the end, there's a little bit of closure of some people who were able to get out and lead healthy lives. And I hope that we get like a little bit of 
happiness at the end because right now we're in the trenches it's like we we said in the last episode we have never seen the show the duggar family the 19 and counting or is that what it was called 19 kids and counting 19 kids so we we never watched it so and honestly we haven't done any googling to see what's going on we want to watch it and just just talk about it based on what we see in this show alone so i don't know if the institute is still active if that's still going on i don't know anything about uh how it all ends we've been trying to put the shutters yeah on so and just... we're gonna stick with that i know all of you are probably googling things and i wish i could too but we want to stick with the show and then we can talk more about uh, all the stuff that happens afterwards later. Yeah, so thank you all for watching and feel free to leave comments if there's anything else that like we've talked about relating to our own experiences that you're interested in and would like to hear more about as well. Please leave those in the comments. Yes, and thank you all so much for your comments. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Sorry if it takes us a while to get to some of those comments, but we love reading through them and seeing those. So thank you all so much. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you all soon. We will talk to you soon.